The following is rated not safe for work. It contains strong language, adult situations, and lots and lots of spoilers. Discretion is advised. In the criminal justice system, cinematic-based offenses are considered especially heinous. The dedicated attorneys who investigate these villainous films are members of an elite squad known as the Reels of Justice. These are their stories. Order, please order. The reels of justice is now a session. Judge Dylan J. Schlender presiding. Your eyes for the honorable Judge Schlender. Be seated. Welcome to the reels of justice. Today we are hearing the case of the People versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a 2022 sequel to the 1974 The Texas Chainsaw Massacre that sees Leatherface again maiming and murdering a group of young folk that disturb his town. For those of you unfamiliar with our court proceedings, we are here to determine if this film is guilty of being a bad movie. As always in this courtroom, Films are to be considered excellent until proven awful, and the burden of proof lies upon the prosecution to prove beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt that this film is guilty. Can do. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Big Ben Haslar, you are representing the prosecution. You may present your opening statement. Members of the court, I'm here to tell you about a film. This film is a remake of an old slasher, but bears the same name as its predecessor. It ignores the sequels of its canon and instead considers itself a requel or bootcon, if you will. Bootcon is a hulking mass killer uh, and how the original final girl from the first film became vengeful and tough as nails and very Sarah Connor-esque. And by now you've probably realized I'm not just referring to today's plaintiff, but also the 2018 remake of Halloween. (gasps) Thus, we on the prosecution team charge the defendant of plagiarism. But not only of that crime, but also a first-degree betrayal of what its progenitor said and accomplished. The accused is simply a cash-in by new rights owners legendary to try and get its money back and get it back quickly, without really saying anything of substance, nor even really taking the original film into account. It simply tries to take the shortest path it can to release a subpar product. Everything means something, Sally Hardesty once said, but we will endeavor to prove to the jury that this film means precisely nothing. It blipped into our existence quickly and will be forgotten just as fast, taking one hour and 23 minutes that you could have been bettering yourself and leaving you with nothing in return. Thank you, Your Honor. (laughs) I'd have just wasted it. Uh, Probably. Thank you, Mr. Haslar. Appearing on behalf of the defense is Mr. Brian Haas. Please present your opening statement. Thank you, Your Honor. I am quite uh, displeased to hear that uh, there's such an antagonistic uh, reaction to this uh, quite delightful film that is um, fun. It's well shot. It has a good cast. It is uh, got some very solid uh, people that uh, are end up being the victims. I mean, is there anybody that likes gentrifiers or influencers? I would argue that that's not the case at all. Uh, and I find that the the actual uh, defendant here, um, Leatherface, is actually quite sympathetic in this. I think it actually follows the beats of the original movie quite uh, quite specifically to uh, what what the original film was. 
And uh, I think it does a, a really nice job of uh, sort of uh, paying homage in several different places to the film. And I would argue that it, it's actual 75 minute runtime, if you take the uh, credits out, uh, actually takes into consideration that you have other things to do with your time and you don't just sit around <laughs> for two hours like Halloween ends and, <laughs> and waste your like time long with ass something movies, that sir. is just really, really awful. I, I actually think this is a really good legacy sequel. All right. Thank you, Mr. Haas. Mr. Big Ben, you may proceed with your first exhibit. All right. I have several points with my first exhibit, and it is how it is a failed sequel to the original. Number one, in the original, there were three cannibals that Sally escapes from, four if you count the old man. In the opening of this film, though, all the news seems to care about is Leatherface. What happened to the others in that house? We don't know. We do know one died in the original film, but beyond that, we don't care. It's all Leatherface, 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 because they assumed that that's the only character we cared about. Two, Sally rips off Laurie Strode from Halloween and is now trying to hunt Leatherface down, but everyone treats it as if she had nothing to go on because he was wearing a mask. Um, she was in his friggin' house in the first movie. I think that's a pretty solid lead to at least getting his name. Uh, but the house, like the cannibals, are wiped clean in this film's rendition, uh, though it claims to be a sequel. Uh, but even further, we see her slaughtering this pig. Uh, and you think that this is something the character would be the least interested in doing, given what she survived in the first film. Uh, the first film even talked about slaughterhouses, equating how cannibals viewed that to their food. Uh, so I kept my eye out in this film, seeing what they would be saying by introducing Sally this way and came up with absolutely nothing, which I'm sure is the thought that they put into it. Uh, three, Leatherface has apparently survived in in an orphanage and then he found his way to the cannibal's house and acted as some sort of matronly cook uh, and then decided to go back to the orphanage for reasons that they never really explain Four, the original felt real. It was visceral and scary because it could conceivably happen to you. It preyed on your fear that there's creeps out there living in the middle of nowhere who mean you harm and being chased down by one of these psychopaths through the woods with a chainsaw is something plausible and terrifying. But the first kill in this movie immediately sets the bar of it being very slasher fantasy as Leatherface, with one hand, mind you, breaks a man's forearm and stabs him in the neck with the bones. This kind of kill is not real. It would never happen. And it's just not well thought out as to the psychology of it. It's lame. Uh, you could, it's the same sort of thing you see in any Halloween or Friday the 13th sequel. Five, Leatherface cuts off the face of someone not because he's a cannibal like he was in the first film but because we want to echo michael myers as a guy who needs the mask for some sort of spiritual reason for going on a killing spree in fact in this film he never gives any indication that he's a cannibal at all he's michael myers with a chainsaw that's it he's not the twisted matron of some family and six and lastly before i pass it to the defense this takes place 50 years after the original. And I have to guess Leatherface was at a minimum 25 in that first film, which would make him more than 75 years old in this film. And this is not a 75-year-old we're seeing here snapping forearms and such and surviving shotgun blasts to the chest. This is Michael Myers. I pass it the defense. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Hessler. So, Mr. Haas, would you like to uh, address some of these legacy issues that Mr. Absolutely, yes. So um, I argue that uh, the use of Sally Hardesty is actually quite good in this uh, sequel. Um, I do like the Sarah Connor-esque uh, nature that she kind of shows uh, in the, uh, the crazed sort of Texas Ranger that's been on the lookout for this uh, particular person for many, many years. Um, sort of 
uh, echoing uh, the character that Dennis Hopper plays in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, um, I think that uh, there is uh, actually uh, a really good reason that Leatherface has been quiet for all of these years. Uh, Leatherface has always struck me as somebody that is not the most sound of mind and uh, may be influenced by other people. And so because he was under the influence of the terrible people in the first movie, he did things that he thought were just taking care of his family. Objection. This is conjecture. It is never explained in the film. Well, let, let him tease out the rest of his point, Mr. Hasler. <laughs> but I had such a legal objection. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, th- he's under the influence of a, a calming person in this film and only uh, s- snaps back into the reality of the killing once uh, he, the person that had uh, influence over him is very unfairly taken from him. Um, they uh, are actually... Uh, quite uh, justified uh, in uh, their anger, both uh, Leatherface and his surrogate mother, played by the wonderful Alice Krieg, who is just an absolute uh, delight. Uh, She's in a million things. She was uh, in a very different film called She Will uh, that was on Shudder this year uh, that was uh, very good that I would uh, recommend maybe checking out. If you want to see it. Save that for the end of the show. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Um, And uh, I actually uh, think that Leatherface was clearly a 17-year-old boy, uh, man-child in the first movie, and this is uh, just a very fit 67-year-old man who has uh, you know, done a lot of hard, laborious work in his life, and that's why he's so big and strong. Yes, hard labor does keep you young. Uh, Mr. Hassler, <laughs> if you'd like to present your next point or redirect anything that was brought up. Uh, I would uh, direct to the jury that a lot of that is conjecture. None of that is explained uh, in the film, and it should be. Uh, But my next exhibit is social issue buzzwords. Gentrification, late stage capitalism, don't shoot, Confederate flags, school shootings, and getting people canceled, Uh, phone addiction. This film is a mishmash of social issue buzzwords from Gen Z in a desperate attempt to seem relevant, like it's saying something. But if you look at any of these, it's really saying nothing about any of this, except maybe gentrification, Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, but perhaps the dumbest scene in this whole thing is where Leatherface is live streamed. And like, what exactly is the comment here that people don't care about actual suffering? It doesn't come off that way. It just comes off as making your film even less believable. We're trying to get you canceled, bro. You know, that line just makes me want to throw my TV against the wall. The only thing getting canceled here is my Netflix account with lines like that. Uh, But this... If this is a commentary on things like gentrification, what exactly is the comment? Because if it's saying anything, it's saying that uh, you'd be stupid for even considering them. One of the characters is a survivor of a school shooting, but ends up using guns to fend off Leatherface. And Leatherface himself would be the face of gentrification, as his mother, caretaker, or whatever she is, is being kicked off her land. So if you care about these people being taxed out of their homes... You're the bad guy here. Uh, if you want to see much of a clever take on that, you should look at what Candyman did instead. Because the question that Candyman raises about gentrification and Candyman's motives are intentional. In this film, I'm quite sure the makers aren't even smart enough to know what they're saying. Because if they are, the message is something, especially in the school shooting idea, that you wouldn't agree with. Uh, question for the bench. When you say Candyman, are you referencing the new one or the original? Uh, well, both. I mean, they both, both uh, follow both. that okay. same theme. 
I just wanted to be clear for the audience out there. I mean, I, I knew. I just the audience. I think we've already. I think <laughs> we've already, We might have already said his name three times. So don't do it again. Oh, good call, uh, Mr. Haas. Would you like to address any of these uh, social issues that uh, Mr. Hassler brought up? Yes, I would actually like to address this. Um, I know that uh, there is some uh, questions uh, about the gentrification uh, angle that's involved here, and uh, I would like to actually thank the prosecution for uh, making my point for me that. Uh, all of the people <laughs> are the the villains in this movie, and Leatherface is actually quite sympathetic and quite justified in what he does. Um, plus, it's Texas. My God, that's like practically legal in Texas. I, in fact, I so, think it is actually legal in Texas. Those people <laughs> ran into his chainsaw. That's what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't chasing her through the woods. He he saw that her shoe was untied, and he he wanted to help her when he happened to have his chainsaw running. Right. Right. The fact order. that he's eat her—that's just to the side of all this. Order, order in the court, please, uh, Mr. Haas. If you'd like to address some of those social issues more, or if not, we can let Mr. Hassler continue. Uh, I, I would uh, argue that. Um, it, it isn't the uh, the greatest um, indicator on um, some of the buzzwords that they drop, um, but I would also argue that I'm not really watching this movie uh, for uh, deep thought on a lot of uh, processes. So I think that's probably a fair angle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it makes me wonder why they're even there. Like, why they put them there in the first place, if that's what their goal is. Well, we'll let the jury d- decide that, I guess, Mr. Hassler, if you'd like to proceed to your next exhibit. Yes. Uh, Lastly, I would like to talk about plagiarism. This is Halloween 2008 style trilogy movie and Leatherface is Michael Myers. He needs a mask like Michael Myers. He needs to reunite with his weapon like Michael Myers. He props dead bodies and decorates them like Michael Myers. He survives shotgun blasts to the chest like Michael Myers. Plus the over the top kills are very much done in Halloween fashion. He clearly must have walked past like all these you know, buyers to get into the building that he's in to get his chainsaw. And then he gets his chainsaw from behind a drywall. Like, why was it even there in the first place? I don't understand what's happening there in that scene. But, you know, I don't think we're supposed to be asking any of these questions. We just need to see objection. Your honor. I think that that is, I think that is explained in the movie. Uh, his surrogate mother was, oh, please do. was clearly keeping uh, the weapon away from him as a indication that, there was a way to get him to be a positive force. And once that, that barrier was dropped, there was no, nothing to stop him from being that. So your presumption is instead of like throwing it in the trash can or something like that, she instead decided to put it behind drywall it, you know, plaster and everything. He has to hammer through the wall to get, at it why would she do that and also can't he just get his chainsaw from like the shop next door you know that that Mm. that that other texan guy's working in i mean it doesn't seem like he has a lot of social like capabilities so i I mean unless he's gonna (laughs) go in there and just take it which i I guess is possible but i didn't see any chainsaws laying around you know look uh i'm not saying it's the most plausible thing i'm just saying there's a little bit of symbolism there it's not a lot of symbolism, but it's a it's a it's a baby symbolism right there. Baby <laughs> symbolism for this kind of movie that might be enough. 
Boy, it reminds me of those like 90s PlayStation video games where it's like, oh, I need to fix this thing and I need to get a circuit board to do that. Where's the circuit board? It's behind a wall. Where's the wall? I have to climb through the uh, ventilation. You have to get to it. What games uh, are you I have no idea He's the describing The Last of Us and it is clearly the best thing that is on television right now. So. Uh, okay, order order him my core. We're not going uh, to go in that direction. Mr. Hassler, if you'd like to... Wrap up your final sure. exhibits, or if you're going to rest. Uh... Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, he gets his chainsaw, and he cuts through a quarter-inch metal pipe like it's like butter. And it's moments like that that takes any sort of fear out of this movie, because you're becoming increasingly aware that this isn't real. In the first film, he tried to cut through a car door with his chainsaw and couldn't. This gives us tension, as the characters try to escape out at the other side. Do that. Have his chainsaw get stuck on the metal pipe. Mel escapes in your script anyway, and by executing it with realism, you generate actual tension. And all of this isn't even mentioning the fact that nobody is going to drive seven hours by car to visit this old town that they're setting it up in. I don't care how good your restaurant is or how if they have a cool comic book or something there in the corner. Uh, the chainsaw kills like all the thrills deep in the heart of Netflix. And on that, I rest. <laughs> well... It wouldn't be a Big Ben case without some singing. All right. Thank you, Mr. Hassler. Uh, Mr. Haas, he has rested, so you may now present any arguments you have in favor of the film. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I would, uh, again, like to remind everyone um, all of the loving uh, uh, touches from the original. John Larroquette has the voice cameo as the first 48 style a documentary that the uh, the Texas gas station is playing um, as they're uh, driving into Harlow. Um, the uh, pieces of um, there, there's definitely like a new Franklin in the movie uh, with uh, the Melody <laughs> character, um, and I think that uh, them actually going to the extent of dropping actual shit on her, I think, was like a nice touch. Uh, <laughs> That's we all me. liked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bus massacre is incredible. I mean, you can say that um, it's a, a silly slasher movie, but if I am seeing a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I am expecting a massacre, and by God, they deliver on that. Uh, there, are some, <laughs> there are some incredible kills in that movie. Um, Legendary clearly spent a lot of money on some uh, decent practical effects in this. Um, and uh, they uh, definitely linger with their cameras on those shots uh, to make sure that uh, you get that full effect. Um, so, um, Mr. Hosser, you've, you've talked about this like as homage, but as far as how would you describe it as an actual sequel to the original? Because it is clearly in the same continuity. Certainly. Um, I mean, this is really more for fun than it is for um, like something uh, deep and meaningful. The, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, and I hold it in very high regard. And I was a little skeptical, to say the least, when I heard that there was going to be yet another sequel being made. <laughs> um, again, by a big studio. That's not necessarily always the best thing. Um, and I watched it with another person who's a very big Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. Um, and we found ourselves really liking a lot of the homages and uh, having fun with it and liking the kills. And it's not going to change anybody's life. But, hey, it's 75 minutes long. I, I just can't say how many. 
I wish there were more movies that were like 70, seven, between 70 and 80 minutes long. Uh, I think you have to earn those minutes once you get to 80 minutes. And, and I think a lot of films don't. And I think a lot of films are smart these days, including this one, by saying, you know what? We don't have a 90 minute movie. We have a 75 minute movie. <laughs> pretty fucking exciting. Man, I, I really respect that argument. Uh, ben, would you like to uh, readdress the uh, the runtime if you want to attack that issue? I like long ass movies. I mean, I don't like them all the time, uh, but you know, I, I I disagree. I don't think that there's enough to set up anything where I actually feel anything. That's why they're throwing around all these social issue buzzwords to make it seem like it's about something when it really isn't. Uh, it's really just, hey, let's get some kills in there. Okay, let's let's call it a day. And real and legendary gets all of its money back from Netflix you know, win, it's a win for us. Uh, but this sort of thing, you have to turn your brain off to enjoy it, which there is a place for that for, you know, Netflix and chilling on the couch or whatever, but you know, for a good movie, uh, or even a not bad one, ah. you have to have some, a bit of substance there. All right. Uh, Mr. Haas, anything else you'd like to say in defense of the film? Uh, I would just like to say that, um, again, Leatherface is clearly the victim here in this, uh, instance. <laughs> Um, and all these uh, terrible gentrifiers and influencers came and um, they inserted themselves into his life um, quite illegally, I might add, and that he was quite justified in being not so happy about that. And then he wrapped it up quick. So, All right. Are you going to rest on that? <laughs> I will. I Yes. The defense rests. <laughs> Short uh, 75 minute case, uh, 20 minute, <laughs> 20 minute case. <laughs> little, uh, there's not much to say here. It's a short movie. <laughs> short ass movie. All right. Thank you both. All sides have rested their cases. The attorneys will now present their closing arguments. Mr. Hassler, you may begin. Slashers. <laughs> Shit. I'm still only talking about slashers. Every time I think I'm going to wake up watching some samurai film. When I was home after Jason Takes Manhattan, it was worse. I'd wake up and there'd be a zombie movie. I hardly said a word to the DA until I said yes to defending Scream. When all I talk about, when I'm talking about talking slashers, all I want to do is talk about J-Horrors. And when I'm talking about J-Horrors, all I can think about is getting back to Halloween Kills. <laughs> Come on, Ben, it's going to be fun. A slasher movie to review. If I have any more fun watching slashers in this court, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I'm going to need to take my uh, daily dose of crazy pills. I clearly am over capacity on all of these slashers, Your Honor. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mr. Hassler. Uh, Mr. Haas, please present your closing argument. Well, while Franklin did make some very good, strong arguments there, um, I will say that... Uh, this is a rock solid uh, fun ride in uh, the heart of Texas. Uh, it definitely uh, gives everything that it uh, it uh, delivers on everything that it uh, had uh, said that it was going to uh, in really fun ways. Uh, there is some really good actors in this uh, movie. Uh, Alice Krieg, um, Elise Fisher. Uh, I think that they do uh, a pretty good job uh, with the material that they're given. And they, I, it feels to me like they had fun making this movie. And ultimately at the end of the day, uh, when you get down to it, I think that's as big of a part 
as anything, even with all the production things that I've, I've heard about this film, uh, it still feels to me like this was something that everybody uh, was on the same page uh, at the end of the day. And so uh, I, I like the, um, the loving touches to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I wish there was a better ending for Sally Hardesty. Uh, that is my one regret of this film. I'm, I'm not saying it's perfect, <laughs> certainly. Um, but I, I think that for what was advertised, it definitely delivers uh, something that is uh, incredibly fun and entertaining. All right. Thank you all. Members of the jury, Mr. Dylan J. Schlender, Mr. Mayor Bangs, and Mr. The Last Goddamn Hitchhiker I Ever Pick Up, Ryan Luis Rodriguez. <laughs> you have all heard the I facts. That's pretty good. <laughs> you have all heard the facts concerning this case. It is now up to you to determine if this film is guilty of being a bad movie. The bailiff will escort you to the deliberation room to render your verdict. I still can't believe Jen Henson rejected my moopit face idea. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, all right, everyone. A quick case, but it was a short ass movie. So what? What? What can you say, uh, Schlenzo? What? What are your thoughts? Well, actually, so uh, point to Ben. I do think one of the best things about the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the overwhelming sense of dread and realism. Like when he mentioned, you know, hitting the car with a chainsaw uh, during the escape versus this one where the chainsaw is a super weapon. Uh, Leatherface is getting shot with a shotgun. I mean, we even see the sheriff get gutted by the chainsaw and then recover enough to shoot again. You you just don't have that same sense of that that kind of dread in this movie. Uh, but uh, when Brian, in defense of the film, said it was short, and <laughs> God God bless it. I mean, that is the that is a huge thing this movie has going for it. Is at least it has the decency not to waste too much of your time do, do you think so, it doesn't have any strength other than being short uh not particularly i okay. found it to be pretty dull and un- unengaging especially because they the movie itself demands that you think about the other texas chainsaw movies and i'm not saying those are all great but when the movie's inviting that comparison in when they're challenging you to say this is a sequel to those movies you have to take that into account and it just does not measure up Ryan, your thoughts? There is an admirable amount, uh, admirable, excuse me, amount of blood and guts on display. I will give this movie that. I will give it nothing else. This is, as Ben pointed out, a shameless retread of the 2018 Halloween. I mean, down to Sally's arc. It's it's truly dispiriting to see people watch that movie and go, okay, well, I don't need to add anything to the mythos. I don't need to do anything that's particularly novel. I'm just going to do that only with Leatherface. And that profoundly annoyed me. I mean, sure, it's short, but at least do something with those 75 minutes instead of making me go at the end of it, oh, that was short. That's If, if that's the nicest thing you can say about a movie, then right. there's not a lot of nice things to say about a movie. Uh, well, Mayor, what are you thinking about the case? Uh, well, I did really appreciate the practical effects. Um, I, I, I did think the practical effects were were quite good the whole time. Um, you know, as far as like the politics stuff, uh, I really thought that, yes, it was very buzzwordy. And I thought that was kind of the point. Like uh, all of the influencers, uh, they're all fish out of water in this town, right? This is not the world they come from. They've entered 
a whole new place and they don't understand the shit they're in. And I thought that was basically the bottom line of all that stuff. Um, you know, that, you know, no, no one cared about their gentrification stuff that they don't, no one cared about the Confederate flag, like that you were in the wrong town for that. And I thought that that was just sort of the point was to paint exactly how out of their element all of these characters are. Um, I think for me, this sort of hinges on the Sally storyline. Um, I agreed. It is just sort of a retread of Halloween 2018, but if you were going to have Sally come back, I didn't like that. She just came back and died, right? Like I, I would have liked Sally to come back and be the one to save the day. And especially because it's supposed to be the same leather face, which also is weird to me because he, he is, he would be like, yeah, high sixties. Right. God, at the minimum, and he would have to have been like a beefy seventeen-year-old for that. And to work. he's a three hundred pound Hulk. How does he sneak up on people? How is that oh possible? yeah, with his <laughs> elderly Hulk too. sneaks up on people. Okay, right, sure. right. Um, I don't think there's anything ever been anything supernatural about Leatherface in the same way that there's been like with Michael Myers. I mean, uh, Texas no, Chainsaw is a bit of a. He's it's a bit of a, a a blind spot for me. I've seen the first movie. I've seen the second. Not enough to like quote it or no quotes, but I, I, I'm familiar with the plot and, and elements. Um, but if you were going to bring her back to face the same Leatherface, which we didn't need to. Could have had Leatherface's son. We could have had just some other dude with a chainsaw. But the fact that we're going to keep it the same Leatherface, to me, that should be about closing Sally's arc and her coming back to get revenge. And the fact that she's been preparing for 50 years, she comes back and she doesn't shoot this man who she's, quote unquote, been afraid of for like five decades. <laughs> she puts guns up to him and just lets I him know. walk away. And it's like, shoot him, you moron. Shoot him. Well, they has no problem shooting him later after she gets chainsawed in the chest. I mean, that's one yeah. of the things that I did not appreciate about this movie was, you know, the, the first one just had that kind of grittiness to it and this one was almost too slick too slick by half you know it just it, it didn't have any authenticity to it. it just didn't feel real enough the way like the first one did i mean and they even have leatherface do his little like chainsaw spin dance thing and it's like come on i, I kind of just... didn't hate the ending um yeah. i didn't hate that i didn't hate that but it's 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 not a well, lot. you liked it because it meant the movie was over <laughs> no no i liked one more person dying i like that is it's 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 plentiful it's it's, it's i appreciate more murder because that is I, that's where i did agree with brian like, that's what i'm there for like I, I'm not really in this for ideas. I think I, I want. I agree with you. I want to see more gore and realism to create that sense of dread. But at the end of the day, in the very least, I want to see people hacked apart with a chainsaw, and it does deliver that, and it does look good. Um, but that's about the best I can say. And, and, the and I want to point out that, that in a 75 minute movie, it takes 42 minutes to whip out the chainsaw. That is mm. more than I think half you mentioned the that, Maynard. <laughs> I think was, Maynard it, mentioned that when we were watching. He goes, now it's the chainsaw. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but. Uh, it has I, that, uh, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory vibe? Yes, but I would disagree. Like, I, if we are accepting that this uh, 65-year-old hulking man is rather strong and virile, I enjoyed him snapping a dude's arm and stabbing him with a broken bone. I liked it. Um, you know, maybe it's not Ch Texas Chainsaw style, but it is brutal. It is a massacre. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, everyone else there dies just because of crashes and stuff. But um, 
Uh, let's have someone lock in. Schlenzo, what are you thinking? Well, I want to give a lot of credit to Brian for coming on and defending this. You know, it, it's the movie's in our wheelhouse. It deserves a defense. And, you know, people should watch it and make their own judgment. But I'm just thinking people are going to come down on this. At best, it's a bad movie that you'll enjoy. Like, you'll laugh at it more than you'll really appreciate anything that's going on on there. And I think Ben was able to articulate a lot of the feelings I had towards it with his case. So in the interest of impartiality and being fair, this movie is guilty. It's not that impartial. Uh, Ryan? This is a gentleman's three. Without a doubt, this is three at best. <laughs> out of five, so, right? Now, if we, no, now, if we take the ten, gentleman out of the equation. Out of ten. <laughs> what is this on the scallywag this, scale? This movie blows, folks. It blows. Guilty. Guilty, guilty, mm-hmm. fucking guilty. Uh, well, no, it all uh, comes down to you, man. It does not. It, it, the film was found guilty, but of course, I would I would be the one on the jury who's probably the most sympathetic to a film like this. Um, yes, a bad movie. Uh, uh, I I do agree that Leatherface is sort of set up to be sympathetic. He is like the victim of gentrification, but the film doesn't know what to say about that. And, you know, it's not like it's rich developers coming in to take the place. It's it's kind of just a lot of teens that, like, use the Internet and are too young to fucking do anything. Um, so I don't know what the message of the film is. Well, Leatherface is, is still canonically a murderer just because he's marginally not, more sympathetic in this one. <laughs> not all murders are wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I especially don't think that, uh, you know, not all murdering gentrifiers is wrong, but in this case, I don't think these people deserve it. Um, you know, I mean, the people in the first movie, like he still murdered them regardless of any gentrification, but he was under the influence of a cult. And, uh, I think they trespassed. Um, you know, they're, they ran out of gas, you know, and, uh, and also don't mess with Texas. You know, that's kind of what it's about. Don't mess with Texas. Um, which is, I think, kind of at the heart of this film. It's like, don't bring your uh, big city liberal crap down here because we'll hack you to death with a chainsaw. And uh, And wear your face. And wear (laughs) your face. And um, I think there's an audience for that, um, but I don't know if it's me. Um, I did like the blood and I did like the kills, so I think if you're putting on a marathon and you're going to go through all the Texas Chainsaw movies, I don't think there's any reason to skip this one. Um, But overall, I'm still going to go guilty. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> Ryan, you want to? I'm mumbly. I'm not. I, I know, but you want to. Don't you want to go out there and tell that? Uh, what, why would I say foreman. that? I'm not the foreman. It's not always the foreman who says it. Fine. I'll it's go out and the say foreman. it. It is not always, but we'll go out there and tell that very handsome judge. <laughs> Mr. Foreman, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. In the case of The People versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, we find the defendant guilty of being a bad movie. It was short! <laughs> God, it was, man. It was. However, the verdict is so rendered. I sentenced Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 to wear the skin face of a more successful horror movie franchise and try again. Court. That's what it did try to do with Halloween 2018. I said more successful, more successful. (laughs) 
I believe in Leatherface. He can do it, damn it. This is Mumbly Mumberson reporting to you from outside the Reels of Justice. Ben Hassler, would you care to share your thoughts on the jury's verdict as if I give a shit? Oh, jeez, Mumbly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're just a ray of sunshine. Uh, yeah, justice was served today, although I would like to extend my uh, congratulations uh, to Brian Haas on the other side, as well as some members in the juror jury who said nice things about this film because I couldn't think of any nice things to say about this <laughs> film and I'm the smartest guy I know uh, so that the fact that these people were able to come up with something uh, it just blows me away uh, so yes uh, congratulations to the other side thank you Mumbly. thank you you have a very high opinion of yourself and here comes <laughs> Brian Haas excuse me could we get a word on how you feel about today's stupid verdict <sighs> I can't say that I'm not disappointed uh, I feel like this is the exact reason that I asked for this case to be tried in Texas. I don't think that there would be any doubt that the verdict would be there. But I understand, and I can't hold the jury too accountable. But I might let Leatherface know what they said about him. Uh-oh. Thank you very much. I'm quaking in my boots. <laughs> Mumbly's got a chainsaw. Oh my god, Mumbly's no! Let's go back to I'm the gonna steal the key to Mumbly's party bus. I'm done forever. <laughs> it's Mumbly face. Uh, Dylan, how did I not think about him stealing the face of Halloween 2018? That was right there. It Man, was right it. there. I don't know. That? I don't that know. Was. But that's okay. Hey, great case, both of you, though. What That was... It was a short movie. God bless it. It was, it was a difficult movie to say much good about because I think the couple of good ideas it could have plumbed, it didn't. Yeah. No, actually, and Ben, when you talked about like not getting stuck in the pipe versus the door, that sealed it for me. I'm like, God, you know, that's that's the feeling this movie was missing. You were absolutely right. Well, thank you, sir. Brian, what, yeah, what are your, no. your earnest feelings? Well, so um, I, I actually think that uh, it is kind of a fun movie, and um, I wasn't really – I had maybe low expectations as well, and uh, I've now watched it for a second time, and I really did quite enjoy it uh, both times that I watched it. Um, I, I totally get where you're coming from in terms of um, it not living up to the expectations of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know that that's really possible. Um, I don't know that really any horror film has ever lived up to the expectations of like the terror that is generated from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was um, the the first movie that I ever programmed uh, as like a film programmer. Um, It was three nights before Christmas. It was one of the the most rowdy. (laughs) Oh, oh, what a fun night. That that sounds awesome. I would have loved to be there. Yeah, it, it was it was a blast. Um, and so I really am a very big fan of this, uh, franchise and it does, I agree that it, it does hit the highest highs and it definitely hits the lowest lows. I don't think <laughs> this is it, right? Like there's definitely other pieces like the, the platinum dunes ones make me way more angry than this one. Um, there was one called Leatherface that is not part three. It's like part eight or nine. I, I don't even know the canon. That's how like crazy this like series is. That's what I wanted to ask though of everyone. Cause I, I've only seen the first one and I've only seen this one. Uh, and I guess I saw the 2003 remake at some point, but I forgot it, all about it. So how does this fit in? Like what are, where does this 
franchise go? I've missed all of it. So does this one compare to the others? So for this movie specifically, it really does act in the way that Halloween 2018 does where it's just like, it's the first movie and there there's this movie. Um, and so it really sort of ignores all of the, the craziness that happens in between, which is a shame because like um, part two is just an absolute blast. If you want to see Dennis Hopper, high on cocaine and Bill Mosley, <laughs> like get, Bill Mosley is absolutely incredible in that movie. Um, R.A. Mailhoff plays uh, Leatherface in that movie. And he's like a super horny teenage version of like Leatherface. And it's like um, Toby Hooper had said that he uh, had made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a comedy and nobody had gotten it. And he's like, so I'm making sure part two that they know it's a comedy and it's definitely a comedy. Mm. And it really is just sort of like that. That's a really fun sequel where it does really pick up um, like Dennis Hopper is the brother of one of the characters that gets killed. And so um, there's definitely like the connection and everything. And it's just crazy and over the top and uh, super violent and gory, kind of like this one. Um, That one. Well, um, guys, I don't have a recommendation anymore. (laughs) <laughs> was it the second one it was the second uh, one and he said one. basically everything that i wrote down so there you go. i don't have a recommendation i one sequel ever and it was texas chainsaw massacre 2 so uh, oh no that's not true i i did a program uh slumber party massacre 2 um once as like a part of an all-night uh movie marathon horror movie marathon uh, but I've never played the original, so I always thought, well, I, I don't know that I count that as like you know playing the sequel because like they're all like sort of unrelated or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I stole your. Uh, <laughs> your Ryan can yeah. still give it. No, He's Ryan, I've got a recommendation for you that you can do. It's perfect for you. <laughs> what does your favorite your director in the Super Bowl have in common this year? Kansas City. Recommend Kansas City by Robert Altman. I've never seen it. It's a great movie. Oh, dude, I'm tr- I'm doing my best here, man. That was a good cut. Uh. <laughs> I don't know about a good cut. So, like, uh, of the, of the franchise, though, like, which, which, which three, like, hold up the most? And, like, which one is the worst? Um, so, best is obviously one. And then I, I mm. say two is pretty close, although just for different reasons. Like, it really is funny in a comedy and, like, Bill Mosley is so over the top. Like everybody loves Bill Mosley in that movie made his whole career. Um, and then it's pretty slim pickings after you get past that. Uh, some people like three, um, a lot of people like four, which is the next generation, which is the one that has McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Um, I knew there was one with McConaughey. I wasn't crazy, Maynard. No, um, it's so he, crazy. He has, he has in fact, um, uh, described it as being a good one. So, um, you know, like, I just love that about McConaughey that he's like, not going to shit all over like something that he did, you know, a hundred years ago for money probably. But like, he's like, Hey, it's acting and you know, it's fun. Um, so I, I would say probably one and two, and then whatever the person's particular choice is, is probably number three. And what's the worst one? Uh, the one uh, called Leatherface from, it was like 2019 or tw- 2020. Yeah, yeah. 2017, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so sad because it has like Lily Tomlin in it. And I'm like, uh, or uh, Lily, not Lily Tomlin, Lily, um, Oh, forgetting her name. Um, but um, like it has decent <laughs> actors in it and um, it, it's sort of like um, 
it's a bunch of kids like escape from a, a, a juvenile home. And one of them is Leatherface and you don't know which one until the end. And so it's like, oh, who, who is Leatherface? But it's so stupid. Like it, the obvious choice it ends up being a red herring the whole time. You know, it's the only, it's, it's really like the only choice. Cause like everybody else, you're just like, there's no way that this could be like, like there's one guy who's like six, seven and weighs 320 pounds. And then like a bunch of tiny little guys. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's gotta be the giant. Right. And then it's not the giant. You're like, well, what the fuck is this? The person the most medium suspect. <laughs> I mean, he I'm starts just, in- he starts I'm just imagining eating. Lily Tomlin in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It would be like one ringing, 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 ringing. But I read they planned like five sequels to that, and that was like supposed to be like the next movies. But it then was. they kind of scrapped that, and Legendary got it for this one. Lily Taylor, I'm sorry, not Lily Tomlin. Sorry, <laughs> big um, difference. Big yeah, difference. Stephen Dorff's in it. Um, like uh, Bill Duke's in it. There, I mean, there's like decent actors, you know. So you're just like, oh, there's there's like potential here and it's just like, Oh yeah. I haven't seen that one. Somebody else bought the rights and they, they took a stab at it and it was not good. Pun intended, right? Taking a stab at it. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw the like 2006 prequel and I remember that was pretty disappointing. I think the beginning, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I really don't like the platinum dunes ones. Um, I was, um, sort of, I've changed my opinion um, since, but like at the time I was very anti remaking certain movies. And this is like maybe my, the original is like maybe my favorite movie of all time. And so um, Michael Bay remaking my favorite movie of all time didn't really sit very well with me. Um, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, Oh, Toby Hooper. And then Michael Bay. Oh, okay. So I'm like, well, it'll be loud and you know, shit will probably explode, but I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, those are probably be long. Yeah. I mean, I do, remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark would look like, <laughs> I do like some of the, um, I do like a little bit of the, the story there and they, they sort of make it like the whole town's in on it as opposed to just like it's one family, you know, but um, I always thought, and they, they did actually do the nice thing of naming the, the surname, something else. They aren't the Sawyers and that there's some other family that, you know, happens to have a giant, you know, um, human uh, skin wearing mask, uh, you know, kid or whatever <laughs> that runs around with a chainsaw um but um yeah i'm not a really big fan of those but like there's people that really like those a lot and um i don't think they hold up very well there's a lot of like digital effects that are like 2060 digital effects that i didn't even think looked good then and i like watched it like the first one recently again and there's like this scene where they they do this zoom shot through the back of somebody's head they just blew their brains out you know in front of everybody and the the whole uh, cars like shocked and they do this zoom shot through like the bullet hole all the way through to the, you know, the front of the person's face so that you can see like the hole in the back. And I'm like, man, who thought this was like a good shot? I, I just don't get it. Michael Bay. That's who thought it was a good shot. So. <laughs> I think it sounds like a fun shot. I, I think more cameras should go through bullet holes uh, there. Do it practically um, though. <laughs> yes i would agree with that right. uh now brian when you're not watching texas chainsaw massacre what is it that keeps you busy what, what do you do yeah so um i mean i am a film programmer here in phoenix for i don't know six seven years now 
Um, I what does that what does that mean? What does that entail for? Oh yeah, so um, if you don't know, sorry, um, I just assume that people know what I do. Um, (laughs) The film programmer is uh, somebody that goes to the program director of a uh, movie theater and says, "I think we should play this because of this reason." Um, And so uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, I mean, I do horror movies, I do. classic movies i do weird stuff i do art films so like this isn't the only you know it's not like oh all i do is sit around and watch texas chainsaw massacre movies um, that'd have, be okay though no yeah i'm i actually quite enjoy those people um they come that we have a regular tuesday night like every tuesday night there's a, a horror movie playing at my movie theater so it's really awesome um so I've been doing that for six or seven years. Um, I also have been a film critic for almost 30 years at this point. God, that's start, starting to sound weird to say it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I worked in the last century as a film critic. That's how long I've been doing it. Um, and um, I'm also, uh, I mean, I do like screenwriting. Um, I'm very active in like um, the film community. I do a lot of um, volunteer work for the Phoenix Film Festival in terms of programming movies that play the festival, as well as being a talent liaison uh, once the festival is actually, it's kind of ramping up into that season right now. So that's like my, my project that I'm kind of currently working on. Um, as well You're as crazy like, busy, yeah. As well as two. When podcasts. do you find time to spin around with a chainsaw and just let it all go? <laughs> you, well, you have to make time to to mm-hmm. spin around with the chainsaw. You know, if you if you lose sight of the little things, um, you know, the big things don't mean as much. You know, I've so take it, take uh, some time to smell the flowers and to rip the cord on that chainsaw and uh, go through a bus of uh, influencers because everybody wants to see that. Don't tell me that that part was bad. You can say the whole rest of the movie sucked, but that was fucking was awesome. Bad. Hey, the, I didn't bad. have any complaints for the parts when he was killing people. That's right. Um, uh, but anyway, so uh, we always ask for recommendations from our guests for a movie that you think people should see. So uh, besides the ones you've already mentioned, uh, what is a movie that you think people should see? So can, uh, 100% a movie that I've been championing, championing for two years now, and it's finally gotten a release. Um, one of the things that's really nice about being a, a like a programmer for a film festival is you get to see stuff like way ahead of time. But the, uh, the bad part of that is sometimes that movie doesn't come out for two and a half years. So there's a movie that it's dropped on Hulu. I want to say maybe in the last three or four months called dinner in America. It's the best thing I've seen in the pandemic. It's absolutely incredible. It's about a awkward girl who falls in love with a punk rocker um, and it happens in the suburbs of like, uh, the Midwest. And it's just about like the, the ennui and the, just the, the awfulness of being, you know, part of that, um, and just fighting against it as hard as you can, um, and finding somebody else that will fight against it with you. So, so that's, that's an incredible movie. I also want to say spontaneous also playing on Hulu. Um, is a completely underrated film um, that um, people didn't get to see. It would have been like a big, a big budget, like uh, movie theater movie. Um, and it just kind of got unceremoniously got dropped on Hulu because of the pandemic um, about kids that um, spontaneously combust um, in mm-hmm. high school and nobody seems to know why. And it's a really smart movie about, 
school shootings or, you know, you could even say it, um, it's part of COVID maybe like it was made before COVID, but it, it, there's definitely like parallels, um, that I just think are incredible and nobody really saw it. And it's, it's got like Heather, Heather's vibes to me. I really feel like it's a movie that people will find and it'll be like a cult hit maybe five or 10 years from now. Um, but it's a shame that it hasn't found its audience already because it deserves one very desperately. No, I would definitely check that out. South Park covered this, and it's because the kids are holding in their farts because they have new boyfriends oh, and girlfriends. Yes. I, they covered it. It was it was explained. It happened to Kenny. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> Big Ben, what is your uh, recommendation or hackamendation? It is a hackamendation. Right. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with one of the OG mass figures in horror and go all the way back to 1933 for H.G. Wells' The Invisible Man. There's something more compelling about the special effects involved in The Invisible Man unwrapping the bandages from his head before a terrified crowd that I find so much more convincing than any amount of Leatherface chainsawing his way through a cardboard set. Uh, though some of the acting involved is very community theater and dated, I will grant you the cops are dumber than rocks, uh, but the intrigue is perfect in a fun combination of both horror and science fiction. Claude Rain's voice alone is enough to give the character presence and personality. And when you throw in the appearance of the wrapped bandages and glasses in and the special effects involved, you have a character that's impossible not to get involved in. Uh, you can rent The Invisible Man pretty much anywhere, but for my money, I prefer it packaged along with all the other universal classics such as Frankenstein, Dracula, The Wolfman, and Creature from the Black Lagoon, and a lovely little box set that you'll be sure to break out again and again every October. It is yeah, a good box set. It is a good it's box set. Um, it, I, I love to give um, credit um, for The Invisible Man making Claude Rains, who was the biggest star in the world at that point, invisible i think that that takes a lot of balls it's like yeah. deadpool right with ryan reynolds yeah. <laughs> yeah now what if uh leatherface was invisible though the chainsaw would not <laughs> be invisible correct everybody would be dead <laughs> and so he'd just be spinning around in in uh in the air schlenzo what's Everyone's your coming <laughs> recommendation well my recommendation was inspired by today's movie because when you think about the deep south and cannibalistic incestuous hillbilly types you have to wonder how do they do things down on the bayou (laughs) and they answer that question in 2011's creature this is a film about a bunch of friends going down south and getting murdered by some weird albino crocodile man but there's also a conspiracy involved as well Featuring your boy, Sid Haig, as some weird shopkeeper. And the nice thing about this movie is it has everything you like in a horror movie. It has very good creature effects. It actually has pretty good scares. And it actually has a pretty interesting plot. Just don't think too much about it. You're there just to see this uh, crocodile man, you know, eat people. And he does. So it delivers on everything you're looking for. So if you're in the mood for those kind of movies, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, you know, would inspire. Do not let Creature slip by. Wait a minute. Did you just recommend Creature and find my movie guilty? Because that is... Wait like- a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't have to recommend good movies. I don't uh, recommend no, no, no. movies that should be seen. Exactly. Oh, movies, the, uh, movies that should be seen. We're very careful about our language. I, I saw very- it on the big screen. Uh, so I, I'm there. I can't believe it actually made it to theaters. That's what I surprised can't... me the most when I researched it today. Because I watched it on like Amazon Prime years ago. 
And I literally Googled like incest crocodile horror movie and it came right up. I'm like, oh, that's the one I want to recommend. Perfect. <laughs> you are on some kind of list, Mr. Schlechter. Uh, so uh, I, I'm glad that you brought up uh, Crocodile Men because it kind of ties into mine. Uh, you know, Toby Hooper, the director of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, has a pretty deep mm. oeuvre of excellently violent films. And my recommendation this week is another of his works to feature a murderous redneck type. Hooper's very next film after Texas Chainsaw saw 1976 eaten alive yeah. it should be noted hooper apparently walked off the set because of disputes with the producers hate those guys leaving his cinematographer to finish the job but it stars neville brandt known for his work in noirs and westerns throughout the 1950s as the proprietor of an isolated hotel in the texas swamplands who feeds his guests to his pet nile crocodile it's pretty straightforward. The true story behind <laughs> the film is interesting, though, as it was inspired by a serial killer from the 30s known as the Alligator Man, who owned a bar with a live alligator attraction that he supposedly used to dispose of his victims' bodies, though that's never been substantiated. Pretty cool, though. Uh, not for the victims, but... Uh, anywho, the film also features a great supporting appearance by Robert Englund uh, about eight years before he would become a staple of all of our nightmares, but he's just as charming here as Buck and also a small role for Carolyn Jones, best remembered as the radiant Morticia Adams of the Adams family. But mostly it's about a crazy guy who feeds folks to his crock, making it one of the first films featured on the now infamous video nasties list. Eaten Alive is currently streaming free on Tubi, Vudu, Plex, Peacock! Basically fucking everywhere because it's in the public <laughs> domain. Yeah. So you can even steal it and not feel guilty. Yep. Nice. I love Tubi. Marilyn yeah. uh, Burns is in that. Mel Ferrer. It's a, it's a fun one. I agree. It is. Yeah. It is, it is a really cool one. Uh, Ryan, why don't you send us on home? Even if it's uh, even if it's two, we want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, literally everything was covered by Brian. Literally everything. So I'll just say, say in that uh, I'll, voice. I'll just say, go to Shutter, watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And then go to HBO Max and watch Texas Chainsaw Two. It is a terrible sequel, but a good movie. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, all of this is kind of makes me just want to. I kind of want a marathon. Even the Platinum Dunes, even the 3D. I kind of 3D wanna, baby, that's what I want. That's on my radar. That's I kind of want to just go through all of them. I the 3D them. one as well. Um, everybody seems to hate that one, and I I, I think that one's fun. Um, yeah, um, especially I can watch. Um, oh God, what's her name? Uh, I could watch her do anything for 90 minutes. So. Lily Tomlin. I Lily Tomlin. Kate Blanchett. Who else are our shows crushes? Name any of them. Um, Sandra Bullock. Uh, yep, that's right. Halle Berry. And, uh, Ryan Luis Rodriguez. <laughs> Ryan Luis Rodriguez. Oh, um, uh, Karen Gillan. Yes, that was the one. Mm -hmm. For Big Ben, yeah. That, that covers I, that I wrote her out when I did The Family Man. That was my intent. <laughs> like she, she, she saw the glimpse of where she's married to me, and she couldn't take it. So wow. Retired bed. It was a very, uh, unbelievable. Very you got to raise that jersey up into the rafters. Well, We're retiring. Yes, exactly. Well, Big Ben's a and little stay bit. Stay tuned for next season where my crush will be Natalie Portman. <laughs> I was going to say, Big Ben's a little bit like Leo DiCaprio. Karen Gillan got a little too old for his interest now, and he's moving on. <laughs> well, I'm going moving for Lily on. Tomlin, then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with, mine. <laughs> but with that we are all at a show we want to thank our guest brian haas for joining us thank you so much brian 
Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, this was a blast. I uh, really would like to come back and defend some other piece of shit sometime soon. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pieces of shit need the most defense. We'll <laughs> yes, we'll we'll be happy to have you back if you are going to do another slasher. We got to make sure Ben gets it. We really like to make him close watch the slashers. Um, That's why and, I did the apocalypse now thing because uh, that was my bit. Like, please, no more. I got uh, PTSD. There's too many references. I couldn't handle it. Uh, and uh, we hope everyone else will join us again as well as the reels of justice keep turning. Count it, Texas. Please follow us on Twitter at Reels of Justice, Instagram Reels of Justice, and Facebook.com slash Reels of Justice.